Welcome back to Detroit Strange. Our podcast. And this one. The one you're currently listening to. Yes. That's Jess over there. That's Alex over there. Hello. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. We were just um both sipping out of our cute holiday mugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess mine's not super holiday, it's more Ina Garten. But it's the holidays. Yes, exactly. She's the reason for the season, so. All year long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. I got this uh, yesterday. My friend sent it to me for Christmas. That's so sweet. Yeah, it's just like a little cartoon Ina Garten with like a rainbow and stars. And it says, don't have time to grow your own coffee beans. Store-bought is fine. And it's just <laughs> cute. I love sipping coffee out of it and just imagining I'm in the Hamptons with her. That's adorable. Uh, mine was right? also given to me by a friend, but this was years Aww. ago. And I'm not going to lie, I forget who gave it to me. But it's got a sloth on it, because as we know, I enjoy the sloth. You love a sloth? It's beginning to look a sloth-like Christmas. Oh my god. I mean, it's such a stretch of a pun, but I love it so much. It's so bad, and I love it. And actually, so sometimes I put it away in the Christmas trunk, Uh but this past year I forgot to, so it's been up there, but I waited to use it. So it's been sitting on a shelf needlessly waiting for the right moment waiting for the right moment and then like last week sometime i was like it's time and now i've been drinking out of it constantly yes <laughs> my mom um she got me two christmas mugs that she gave me yesterday she my mom there's like three things my mom loves in this world and that is cards mugs and just like pictures she loves to like put pictures in frames like oh that's cute I love though it. she's sentimental yeah, no, she is she is i remember one year for it was either mother's day or you know it was definitely mother's day me and julia not like we didn't talk at all before we got her anything we both got her as a gift a coffee mug and a gift card to a different spa for different spa treatments like i think i got her a massage and julia got her one that was like for a facial different spas and the exact same card. We bought the exact same <laughs> card Aww. at the store. It was so funny because it was just like, Julia, we needed to talk. <laughs> we needed to plan this better. Aww. But, um, and they were like very similar mugs too, I feel like. Well, you but both know your just, mom. That's, exactly. that's all that means is that you both, you pay attention. Yeah. Um. So she gave me some mugs. And I'm like, I will use. They're cute. They're like white with like little red snowflakes pressed into them. Aww. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Love. I mean, you need a lot of good mugs this time of year mm-hmm. for coffee, tea, cocoa. It's Huga season. We've talked about it multiple times. <laughs> yes. It was in the title of the last episode. It was. Uh, <laughs> not sure if it made sense, but I hope it did. Sometimes I name them and, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it definitely... I mean, if anyone listens to this show, they should know what Huga is. And if not, Google can help them out. Oh, yeah. No. They, yeah. I have a feeling um, they're good. They're good or they're 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 good uh, sleuth. Yeah. Uh, yes. All our listeners, they are sleuthy people. Mm-hmm. They love a mystery. So we're just providing more mystery to them. Stay sleuthy. Yes. Stay sleuthy. Stay <laughs> like strange. Like we always say, stay sleuthy. Exactly. <laughs> I also love that we both have Hanukkah backgrounds. Me too. Mine was right inspired now. by you. Yes. I just, uh, I was talking to my chiropractor that Hanukkah started on the 10th. So mm-hmm. it's to, we're recording now on the 13th. So I think it's the fourth night of Hanukkah. So happy Hanukkah to any of our listeners celebrating Hanukkah. Which actually, does that mean this is on the last night that we're releasing? I can't math. Um, Three more, four, no, seven. Yeah. Yeah, seven. So the day before Hanukkah ends. Yeah. So. yeah, so just happy Hanukkah. I love to give shout outs to uh, the Hanukkah. It's a, I feel like it's sometimes the forgotten holiday. Yeah, I mean, well, and I just, I told you this, I think, earlier, but I read recently, I think it was from um, a post made by the Writer's Block on Instagram, uh, yeah. and I think they said something like, there's like 800 different holidays celebrated worldwide in the month of December, which, happy all of them. Uh, yeah. 
I will admit I do not know most of them. You mean you them. don't know all 800? <laughs> How I dare you? No, I th- like, and that's why I like, unless I specifically know what someone celebrates, I like to say happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I've always been a big fan of happy holidays because I just feel like it's all inclusive. Yeah. And like, but like, if I know, oh, shit, oh. I gotta mute my phone. Oh. Um, it sounds like a mystery as a brewing. That's why it's actually, it is like literally the sound from the Phoenix Wright game when you find a clue. <laughs> I love picking very niche text tones. Like for a while, it was the PS2 start startup noise. <laughs> yeah, I like to pick very niche video game things. But back to holidays. But if I know what someone celebrates, I like to be specific. Like, yeah. if I know someone celebrates Hanukkah, I'll say Happy Hanukkah. Oh, interesting. Okay, I think just so it feels yeah. a bit more personal. Because Happy Holidays is feel like as a catch-all. But if I know what you celebrate, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. So then, you know. Yeah. I have said Happy Hanukkah to somebody if I know they celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah. So I guess maybe I do that too, but I didn't. Re- I've never made that connection. Yeah. Um, also, I just love Jewish food. Like your oh background is making me hungry. Uh-huh. Like, ha- give me a challah bread. Give me a matzo ball soup. Give me a latke. Yeah, all of it. My uh, my mom grew up in a predominantly like Jewish neighborhood for mm-hmm. s- some point in her life. I don't know exactly. So she, to me, when I was growing up, exposed me to things like, first of all, locks. I didn't know yeah. you could have bagels without locks because locks is on a bagel is oh, delicious. one of the most extremely delicious things ever. Bagels in general. Potato pancakes, the latkes, were also like yes. a big staple. Like, just a, it, it, it's it's weird because I didn't know growing up that that was like why. Yeah, uh, and I love Jewish food. It's yeah, like great cuisine. Mm-hmm. I like. I remember the the first time I had matzo ball soup. We don't know, like for some reason, my English teacher in ninth grade was very like all about the Abrahamic religions, like so Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. So we. It's very interesting. You f- know that just like because public school yes yeah no and okay. like and i think it was interesting because like it's not bad I'm it was no 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 like, it was because cool. it wasn't like one was better than the other it's just like from a historical standpoint these religions came from the same source kind of uh-huh. and just kind of split like from the like basically kept splitting off based on like your beliefs like so we went on a jewish field trip where we went to we went to like a jewish restaurant and had like matzo ball soup and mm. like a Jewish lunch. We went to a synagogue. And I think we might have gone to the Holocaust Memorial Museum. I can't remember if that was the same field trip if I'm mixing two. Oh, yeah. Over in uh, Bloomfield or West Bloomfield, one of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Orchard Lake Road. Yeah. And like for the, I don't know. I feel like we did a Christianity one. I can't remember what we did, but like the Islam one, we went to like a mosque and then we went to the Arab American Museum. And oh my God. In Dearborn? Yeah, yeah, that place and is. Cool. We had like lunch there too, and it was delicious. Mm. I like this teacher taking you, <laughs> taking yeah. you to all this delicious food and Mr. Medier. Beautiful buildings, I'm sure. Kyle, Kyle Medier. Nice. If you're listening, Mr. Medier, I remember these trips fondly. <laughs> That'd be crazy if he was listening. That'd be but, funny. Although, yeah. I mean, if I knew a former student was making sign my list, and if I found out through the group or something, I was very much a forgettable student for most of my co- like most of my schooling career. I was just like a good kid who was like mostly quiet, so I didn't really stand out. So like, I'd go back like a year or two later, and the teachers would be like, "Oh, do I know you?" I'm like, "Oh, I had you for a year, but okay." Like, I have a couple teachers who probably at least sort of remember me like might not remember you know everything about me but i i had one teacher in high school that i had him my freshman year and then i also had him my senior year for two classes Mm -hmm. he had this rule in his creative writing class that if you won a writing contest you got an automatic a and it just so happened there was like a contest where there's a writing category and a, a painting category and a sculpt, like all these categories under one theme. Yeah. And my mom happened to be on PTA and she was like, you know, nobody's entered the writing the night before nice. it was due. So I just like 
whipped something up that night, won that contest. Lovely. Got my automatic A, so <laughs> he might remember me. <laughs> <laughs> like the one teacher, well, two, because one's my one was my cousin, so he oh, yeah. hopefully he that. hopefully remembers me because yeah. he listened to this podcast. But in middle school, I also I had the same science teacher all three years. He was my homeroom teacher one year, and I had like two different electives with him. Yeah. I also broke his window in his classroom, so <laughs> definitely remembers me. I have another teacher too that um when I was a senior, I was fortunate enough to get to go to France. Uh-huh. But it was like with school. And and the the French teacher, I was very lucky and fortunate to have her my sophomore through uh, senior year and I loved her. her name is Miss Newsy shout out to Miss Newsy and it was her and then my environmental science teacher who was also really cool but for some reason myself and a few of the other people on the trip decided to play pranks on the two chaperone teachers every night uh-huh. so like there's one night we made my because my friend had like pajama pants that looked like a cow prints so, like one night and she had adult diapers with her and her <laughs> I mean, so, we turned her into a cow with an oh udder, <laughs> and we yes. made her like walk down the hallway mooing. And then, like this other girl dressed up as a farmer and was like, "Have you seen my cow?" <laughs> I I can't remember all of them, but like just stupid, stupid shit. Like <laughs> like every night we would yeah. do something outside the door of their hotel room, or like knock on their door and just be like. Just, I mean, <laughs> so they might remember. Remember those kids who turned themselves into a cow and a farmer walked around the hotel? Yeah. <laughs> first, all, my first thought was like Lemu, just the cow. I think she might have been saying that. Actually, we were high schoolers and cheesy as fuck, so <laughs> we took every chance we could to be cheesy and make things yes. French. I actually have some French in my story today, so Ooh. this is a fun conversation. Not like a ton, but just like, yes, we. Oh, we, we. I love like, I, I had like two friends in like high school that were mm. just like super into French, and I loved pissing them off by like really just butchering French pronunciation. Like I always just be like, "C'est la vie," am I right? <laughs> love it. Yeah. Should we get to the story? We we should get to the story because now I feel like there's been a segue. I've there like a segue. There's been a success. There's been a, a segue. <laughs> it is French for people scooter. <laughs> have you ever ridden a segue? Actually, no, I have not. Me neither. I'm okay. I mean, I would ride one, but I'm never going to be the person who chooses to pay money to ride one. Exactly. I think people look real stupid on them. And yeah. Again, if somebody's like, here's a segue, do you want to ride? I'm like, sure, let's have this experience. But I don't need it in my life. The security guards at Grand Valley had them. And usually if you asked them, Uh they would let you ride them for a second. But I never wanted to like, I was always too like, I don't want to talk to anyone. So at least like, I don't want to talk to a security guard or like a campus cop. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you sipping anything fun in your mug? Or is it just like, you've got coffee, I've got coffee. It's coffee. I use my French press to make it because I found some coffee creamer, which I don't usually, generally use. Usually I've been frothing my milk. Ooh. But I found the cannoli flavored coffee creamer, which oh. is the only one I think that I will buckle and buy coffee creamer for. Mine's peppermint mocha and I just ordered some. That's fair. Yeah. The holiday, I was going to say some of the holiday ones are pretty good too. So. Yeah. Cause usually I can't handle the drama, trauma, and conflama of coffee creamer because it always expires before I want it to. And then I'm just like, well, I guess I'll throw the rest of this away. Um, but now, again, now that I've ruined my segue, let's get started. Yes. <laughs> so, have you heard of the Hacker House? The Hector House, like like a Hacker. man's name, like all Hacker, Hacker, like H E yeah. C K E R, H E C K R, yeah. No, after all that line of questioning, no. 
Okay, so you've definitely seen it, though, because it's that castle-looking place on Woodward, kind of by the DIA, but more towards New Center. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's called the Tierney Alumni House now, because Wayne State is the current owner. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm going way back. Ooh. So it was built for Frank J. Hecker, one of the most notable eight, or 19th century Detroiters. Ah, uh, heck. Yeah. Um, no, I've been doing that the whole time, so I get it. As I wrote my notes, quick, who the fuck is Hecker? So, <laughs> full name and title, uh, Colonel Frank J. Hecker. He was born on July 9th, 1846 in Freedom, Michigan, which I was like, Ooh. where is that? And it's kind of like boxed in by Ann Arbor, Celine, Chelsea, and Manchester. So, it's kind if of, you like draw a lot, what? Is it tiny or something? Because I've never heard it, of it. Yeah, it's teeny tiny okay teeny tiny as we say <laughs> but yeah if you kind of just like connected all those cities with a line it'd be in the middle okay he joined the union army and served in the civil war he also worked that's how he got the colonel title obviously he also worked for the union pacific railway along with some other small railroads in new york and it was through this work that he met charles lang freer his future business associate neighbor and bff okay like I said, neighbors. So the house behind the Hecker house is actually Freer's house. But okay. it doesn't look like a French castle, so it's not as interesting to me. <laughs> but we'll talk about him a little more. Um, so the two were hired to work on a rail project that ultimately fell through. But through this process, they caught the attention of some investors in Detroit. And so they invited them to come to the city. In 1879, Hecker and Freer organized the Peninsular Car Works. Uh, apparently, they did not like that name because in 1884, they changed it to Peninsular Car Company. Drastic change. Just five years later, they're like, you know what? Works. She's out. Canceled. Company. company that's where it's at. Company. We want to sound <laughs> legit. And so their business was building railroad cars, which pre-automobile, this was a very lucrative business, and they made a shit ton of money. Okay, makes sense. Once he was rich, rich. He was asked to join various bank boards, as well as the boards for the Detroit Copper and Brass Rolling Mills, Michigan Fire and Marine Insurance Company, and the Detroit Lumber Company. So, just, again, very rich, rich. All the companies. Yes. Uh, he also held some public positions, the most notable being the city's police commissioner at one point. Wow. Yeah, it mentioned in one of the articles I read that the cast building at the corner... Did not put the crossroads. The cast building, I'm just going to say, was <laughs> built for one. him. Yeah. Was built for him in 1910. It didn't really say why, but when I looked at the building. I was like, that looks way more modern than 1910 because it was like all glass and steel. And I'm like, then I promptly read that it was the original. So it was originally designed by Smith, Hinchman, and Grills. I love that I put both the ampersand and the word and in that sentence. Because I was like reading it and like, okay. Uh, But it was bought by their successor, the Smith Group, in 1972. And that's when they was given the the modern glass renovation. So it's just like a rectangular glass building now. He also had more military and political success. Success, not excess. I don't know why I said excess. When the Spanish-American War was happening, President McKinley tapped him to be the Transportation Bureau Chief. Okay. And after that, when Theodore Roosevelt was president, he appointed him to the Panama Canal Commission. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he did have a family, because why the hell would he need a house that big for just him? Mm-hmm. There weren't really dates for any of his family stuff, but his wife was Anna Williamson of Omaha, Nebraska. Which, when you put a name like of a place, I'm like, was she notable there? And I googled, nothing came up. So I'm like, I guess that's just their way of saying she came from Omaha. She still could have been like an aristocratic, you know, individual or something and just not. Not noteworthy enough Mm -hmm. for Google. That's very possible. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, records were. Not great. Yeah. Especially because this is the 1800s. Yeah, unless somebody did something, you know what I mean? Like, did something. Like, they were just inventing the Victrola records. Honey, that's too far away. (laughs) But not that. Okay. <laughs> so together they had five kids. One of his daughters would go on to marry Freer's brother, which 
one, that must have been quite an age gap. And two, that seems like a bad idea to marry off your daughter to your business associate's brother. But hey, different times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not the messiest thing I've ever heard of, but it's a lot. And the article did mention that Freer was younger than Hecker. Like, they weren't the same age. Like, he was a bit younger. Yeah. So maybe the age wasn't even... Maybe it wasn't as big of a deal or big of a gap, but it didn't specify. I think the weirder part is the your business associate's brother, but they were friends, so I don't know. Yeah. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. Uh, so the Heckers were also legendary hosts and would have lavish parties. Ooh. Two presidents attended such parties and stayed at that house. Can you guess which two presidents? I've mentioned one of them. You mentioned one of the presidents? Yeah, earlier. Shoot. I could just tell you. Roosevelt. <laughs> it's no, like, the other one. McKinley. So one of them was McKinley, and the other one was Hayes, which I was like, Hayes, who the hell is Hayes? I'm like, oh yeah, Rutherford B. Hayes. He's one of those presidents you need the full name, you know? Yeah. Isn't there something weird? There's some weird fact about him, too. Um, He's the only one who did something, or there's something random about him, and I don't remember what it is. uh, I, like, went on a quick, like, Wikipedia, I'm like, who is this guy? Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, I could have went on a side journey, but I'm like, we're not a president podcast. No, but I know he comes up. He was a staunch abolitionist, as it said in the article. Like, he was, when he was, before he was president, he would represent, um, like, freed slaves and whatnot and kind of helping on that front. So I'm like, all right. Okay. That at least is a cool thing. I didn't get much further in the Wikipedia article, but again, not a president podcast. Oh. We do not. Oh, what was it? No, but there was a very, the, the election that oh, he won yeah. was very, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what Wikipedia says. <laughs> contentious. I feel like the reason I started using contentious so much, uh-huh. or like it became part of my vocabulary, is because they use it all the time and love it or list it. They're like, the contentious dining room is now been converted into a bedroom. Like I, I don't know that I've ever once in my life, I've heard the word contentious, but I don't think I've ever used the word contentious. Watch a season of Love It or List It and you'll be using it all the time. Um, so the Detroit Free Press once described Anna, the wife, as um, one of the distinguished hostesses in the Detroit in the 1880s and 90s, right up until her death. So just... The hostess with the mostess. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about like, um, because I believe that would have been the same time period as like the Whitney's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He comes up. I was about to say. Same crowd. And I'm assuming. So some other notable guests that the Heckers were friends with were Thomas Palmer, Dexter Ferry, who was he's the namesake of Ferry Street because he had a nursery and it was the biggest business when they were naming the streets. They named it after him. Uh-huh. Uh, Senator and Governor, I guess he was both, Russell Elgar, uh, okay. John Newberry, David Whitney, so the Whitney's, mm-hmm. and Hiram Walker, that which I, I don't know who he is. Yeah. Did he make the shortbread cookies? Because those are pretty yummy. Ooh. I don't know, but Hiram always just makes me think of uh, Hiram Lodge from the Archie series. I've never heard that name. I used to be very into Archie comics. In fact, my mom still gets me one in my stocking some years. Because, like, uh-huh. it's just kind of like one of those... It's that and, like, the Lifesaver books of, like... You know, like, the Lifesaver storybooks that has, like, four rolls of Lifesavers and it just looks like a Oh, book. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you get them in the, the bins section of the holiday section. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, almost every year I feel like my stocking is one of those and an Archie comic book. And it's just kind of been tradition. Okay. But he was Veronica's dad in the series. This guy made whiskey, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, he was like a son of a distillery owner. And... Walker's a whiskey last name. Like mm-hmm. Johnny Walker. Yep. Yep. Haram Walker's Club Whiskey. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, definitely. And that's, I mean, that's what's fun. It's just to like, let me find out who he is real quick. We can give like a quick like 
blurb about people because like i mean i'm the same way when i'm like listening like well like, let me pause and look it up so if we do the work for them mm-hmm. oh canadian club is still it. produced at the, this the distillery he's founded oh tongue tied canadian so he's like comes to canadian club whiskey uh i don't think he made it but i think that they that's just they sold the, the distillery. distillery and canadian club gotcha. is what exists in that facility now awesome but basically anyone who is anyone in 19th century Detroit, I cannot speak today. Anyone who is anyone in 19th century Detroit was probably a guest at some point. Okay, yes. The, the creme de la creme of Detroit. Detroit. Um, so Hecker died in a house at the age of 81 on June 27th, 1927. Like, he was born in the 1800s, obviously yeah. dead. Um, yes. But he had a very specific and kind of weird will. So he had like a pretty chonky art collection, I'll say. He had a... Um, it's the best description I've ever heard of an art collection. A chonky art collection. He just seemed to have a lot of random stuff. Like he had um, the Philosopher by Rembrandt, along with four other famous paintings, but not, fam- I wrote, but not famous enough to get names, were donated to the Arts Commission. Okay. <laughs> His widow, Anna, got $200,000, the rest of his artworks and furnishings, and, quote, was allowed to remain in the mansion for one year after his death. That's it? I was like, why did she not just get the house? Yeah, who got the house? They were married. Like, the rest of his estate was divided amongst his kids in various Detroit institutions. We'll get to it later, what happened, because it's even more weird once you hear what happened to the house after Hecker died. Okay. So, Hecker was buried in Woodlawn Cemetery. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the biggins. Yeah. So, I'm like, let's finally talk about the house. We got Hecker out of the way. Let's talk about this house. Yeah. Uh, it was built between 1889 and 1892. It was designed by our good old friend, Lewis Camper. Callback, I said. He was an architect for the Book Cadillac Hotel, Book Tower, Broderick Tower, and the Waterboard Building. Okay. Which, I had a note. I'm like... That's not the one that's very grand in a field that was in It Follows. That is something else. Oh, yeah. That's the water something facility, though. Treatment, maybe? Yeah. That's off Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. The very, it's very grand looking for what it is. And I love that they used that on the outside, that like a high school pool on the inside. Like mm-hmm. what high school looks like that on the outside? Yeah. it's. I love it. It was like a bold choice. Yeah, I get why they did it. It was a solution. Yeah. And I get it. And it looked very, you know, the movie had such a good If you weren't from Detroit it, so, and didn't yeah. know the building, yeah. you probably wouldn't have questioned it. No, because, I mean, it looks like it's, like, isolated. It doesn't look like it's yeah. off Jefferson. It's surrounded by apartment buildings and strip malls. Yeah. That would have been interesting if they had, like, driven past all those strip clubs and then, like, ended up there. No, not strip clubs, strip malls. There's no strip, strip clubs mall. over there. I thought you said, I was like, I didn't remember there being no. strip clubs, but okay, yeah. Anyway, so the inspiration for the Hecker House was a French chateau, specifically the Chateau de Chanancy. I asked my friend how to pronounce it and realized I forgot to look at it. Like, I'm like, like oh... The phonetic was on the the next line. Chenonso. I don't know. Uh, by Tours, France. Or t- uh, I know I'm butchering that one. The town? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's spelled Tours. Mm-hmm. Tours. Tour- Tours. Tours. We're not a French podcast, but I did wrote, it's fitting because we are the Paris of the Midwest. I feel like the R is almost silent. Yeah. Uh, French is hard. Tours. Yeah. I don't know, though. No, sorry. I... One quick side journey. I'm playing Civ- Civilization Six right now. It's basically like you start in antiquity and you pick a world leader and you basically build their empire. You're the second and, like, person to bring this game up to me this week, which is super weird because I didn't even know there was somebody was talking about they're playing five and somebody was else was like six and then they talked about expansion. This is not my world, so I was just like, this is a, during a meeting and I was like. It's an interesting game series that's been around since 1993. I was told it was like Risk, except for like with like details. Like the the worlds have like like 
the Probably. details. I've never played Risk. Well, it's oh. been a mi- I've played Risk like once as a child. Obviously, didn't remember it. Risk but... is like Catan, except for with armies. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I so know. it's kind of like that, but like you can also like so there's military victory where you just conquer everyone else, and there's also like cultural victory where you're the best culture and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I want that one. Yeah, that's what I'm shooting for in my game right now. I'm playing as Catherine de Medici in the French Empire. So anyway, yeah. not a French podcast, but we might be a Civ Six podcast. Definitely not. Because no, it's just me. I will not be. Yeah. I don't have one hundred percent. You definitely don't. It's I've been just yeah. sucked into it. I respect it. And it's not that I don't like video games. No, definitely. It's I, there's too many other things I plan. You can't. Yeah. I totally understand that it's not the most fun video game for everyone because it is like it's a turn-based strategy and that's not everyone's jam. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm sure it's fun. I think that's the problem oh, yeah. is I'm like I, I No, totally. I it's not a, it's not an accessible video game. Like it's definitely got like a steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. But back to the story. Yes. The story. I keep getting Sorry. I keep doing side journeys. No, it's me. I keep bringing the side journeys up. So the cost for the house was about 145,000, which today adjusted for inflation is about 3.5 million. Oh wow. Uh and that was just for the the house, the carriage house, design fees, carpet and decor. The furnishings weren't extra 20,000 or about 480,000 today. Oh my gosh, that's so much yeah. furnish. So when the house was being built, it was like still a pretty rural area of Detroit. Like, I don't know if streetcars or like horse cars, some kind of basically whatever transportation was available wouldn't mm-hmm. go out that far. So like wow. you had to like drive yourself. Okay. Um, Like you had to have a carriage kind of thing. Yeah. So when Hecker bought the two lots that he would use for his house and carriage house, he spent... $27,859 for the premium Woodward Avenue real estate because it's all about location, location, location. Mm-hmm. And adjusted for inflation, that was about 666 uh, $667,000. Okay, wow. So like just for the like the the land. Whoa. How much land right? was it? Does, wait, did you say how big it was? It's that? two lots. I don't know how big a lot is, but oh, okay. it's not like a sprawling estate. Basically, when you drive past it, like the lawn is how wide it is, and it goes back basically like twice that. Okay, yeah. But so some quick facts and stats about the house. Uh, the mansion contains 49 rooms spread out on three floors. Uh, the total square footage of that is about 20,988 square feet. Okay. The exterior is Indiana limestone with the roof being covered in gray slate. On the ferry side of the building, so the side of the building that faces Ferry Street right there because it's on mm-hmm. the corner, there's a 12-foot-tall stained glass window that provides light to the grand staircase. Behind the mansion was a, was a carriage house, so, like, basically for the horses in the carriage. Yeah. It's basically old-timey garage. Yeah. If you had something you needed to put in the garage, you had a carriage house. Like a horse? In a carriage, yeah. probably. Yeah. Especially because they needed that to yeah. get out they there. They didn't have Priuses back then. Yeah. <laughs> no golf carts. No. <laughs> no uh, bird scooters. No bird. Oh, definitely no bird scooters. <laughs> those would come along a little bit later. Yeah. Are those still scattered about downtown? Yeah, I actually, I've used one like a month ago they're fun i hate how fun they are they're fun they also freak me out a little except for i always have bad luck i always always get the one that doesn't work like i always get the one with the bad battery and it doesn't tell me when i'm like going to scan it or it says like the battery is at like 70 or 80 percent like something that should still be fine and it doesn't go and then i have to like find another one and then i have to put a complaint in and then i get a free ride like I always get like a reimbursement yeah. for or not a reimbursement. That's good. No, I always have to pay, but I get a free ride. But then it's like now nah, I'm hooked for another ride. Another, yeah, Grubhub did me dirty like that once too, and I'm like never again, Grubhub. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the carriage house. Yes, was five thousand seven hundred twenty-one square feet. So huge. 
I was going to say, that's big. Yeah, it's massive. It's about 5,000 square feet bigger than my house, basically. It was made of white limestone. It had a slate roof. And a quote from the Historic Detroit article, one of my sources, Even Hecker's horses lived in elegance. So the first floor of the house was designed to basically transform into one large ballroom. Like, I guess there were like huge doors that they would roll back and kind of just open everything up. Oh, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of woodwork in the house that was done by the William Wright and Co. of Detroit. Okay. Each room kind of had its own theme or motif, like. The dining room had carvings of food. The music room had carvings of instruments, like kind of very on the nose carvings, but still really cool and beautiful because it went with the room. Okay. Hecker had a den added on by taking out the stained glass music or stained glass window in the music room and closing off a courtyard. And this was all done because his wife hated his cigar smoke. So he needed a room to smoke in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Like rich people. Ugh. Uh, my husband, my wife doesn't like my cigar smoking, so I guess I better build an addition. <laughs> like, mm, that's <laughs> reminds me of that TikTok trend of what's the most like ridiculous rich person thing you've ever seen or heard. Oh yeah, you yeah, seen yeah. those TikToks going around? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's not an episode of Detroit Strange if we don't mention TikTok at least once. It's true. So the term Nubian marble comes up a lot. So. There must be a decent amount or it's extra fancy. I googled it and apparently it is the fanciest marble. Ooh la la. Sounds fancy. Yeah. It's like said Egyptian slash Nubian. So I don't I think maybe like they call it Egyptian marble now. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm not a marble expert. This is not a marble podcast. Uh, Just know it's fancy. Okay. Uh, one of the fireplaces on the second floor is notable because it has a carving of a scarab, which, you know, the Scarab Club in Detroit. Yeah. What was interesting about this is it was about 25 years before the Egyptian fad really hit the U.S. And that's like when the scarab kind of like became real popular. Yeah. So he was just like 25 years ahead of his time, apparently, on home decor. Wow. Yeah. The third floor sounds a bit hodgepodge because... There's a chapel on one side and a billiard room on the other side, along with children's bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So just kind of whatever they needed. Like the third floor, there's like, eh, just throw in some shit, <laughs> add whatever you need. So that's kind of it about the house. But I have like kind of what. So my next section is called after the hackers got the heck out. Uh-huh. Uh, the hacker family still owned the house from 1928 until 1947. Which makes it even weirder. He kicked his widow out after a year because the family owned it until 1947. Did it say who was one of them living there? Also, it's huge. So, like, why? Yeah, why would they turn it into a boarding house? Like, they turn it into a boarding house and kick their mom out. Like, rude. Like, maybe the mom still lived there in the boarding house, but it didn't say. But I just love that it's specified in the will. You can live there for one year, bitch, and get out. Maybe what that means. Maybe, and this is what I'm hoping, is that after a year they turn it into a boarding house, but she also still lived there, but it wasn't That's just her, you know, like, yeah. and maybe she liked it, and, and she liked, because she was the hostess with Moses, so maybe she liked having people around, I don't yeah. know, this is all speculation. I, yeah, but I need, I need to feel like they didn't just kick their mom out. Yeah, I don't know, them hackers, you never know. You sure don't. Yeah. So in 1947, it was bought by Paul Smiley for his music business. Ooh. He did some rena work, and the most notable is that he turned the carriage house into a 200-seat recital hall with separate rehearsal space. Oh. So the carriage house is big enough to fit a 200-seat recital hall. Dang. And then also have rehearsal space on top of that, right? That's huge. Like, yeah. That, Bonkers. Wow. The third floor was also reworked into a piano and organ refurbishing area, which I wrote, why the hell would you put the heaviest, most cumbersome instruments on the highest floor? Yeah. Where is the logic in that? You have to carry the piano up three flights of stairs. Nobody wants to And they to had that. to reconfigure the stairs because they had to take out the grand staircase to make part of this work. And so it was even less convenient. 
I'm like, why are you putting pianos up there, sir? Yeah, couldn't yeah. The, the den, that first floor den that used to be right. a courtyard. The- so it's probably, ha- you could have even had outside access, I'm sure, put into that room. Yeah. I have no idea the logic behind that, but maybe I guess it worked for them. A workout. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we don't have time to work fit. out. We gotta, we gotta build it in. Smiley Brothers music and gym. Yeah. <laughs> Carry pianos upstairs till you are fit. <laughs> so also on the third floor, they used one of the child's bedrooms as an indoor golf range. And you can apparently see all the dents in the baseboard still. One of the lawyers who, I don't know if they're still in that room or not, because like at one point it was a lawyer's office. Mm-hmm. But a quote from them said, looked like it had been shot by a machine gun because of all the holes. Wow. In 1971, both the mansion and carriage house were added to the National Register of Historic Places. Naturally. Uh, in 1990, Paul Smiley passed away and his family left the house. Uh, it sat vacant for a bit, which I wrote not an uncommon story in Detroit. Uh, unfortunately, during this time, all but eight of the original light fixtures and only one wall sconce were remained because the rest were stolen um in night so like not like barely a year because in 1991 the building was purchased by the law firm of the name of charfus and christensen pc oh they hired 28 subcontractors for 10 months to restore the mansion Mm -hmm. part of this renovation included state-of-the-art climate control which served dual purpose of Providing climate control for each zone of the building and also to preserve the woodwork because, again, there was a ton of woodwork. So mm-hmm. you just want to make sure you control the humidity and temperature with that. Makes sense. Yeah. So they, they were able to avoid putting like ugly ductwork in by drilling small holes in the floors and ceilings and they put conduits in. Okay. Which I'm not quite sure what that means. Just pipes, I guess? or That's something? what I think, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, we are not an HVAC podcast. No. Just something to move the energy. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like something. Yeah. So the law offices would be there for about like 20-ish years. Uh, and like basically what happened is like they scaled down their roster of staff and like the law office just didn't need a big like that big office anymore. Okay. So they put the house up for sale, and in September of 2014, Wayne State University purchased the house for $2.3 million and moved its alumni relations departments there and renamed it the Tierney Alumni House. Okay. Alumni, is that word? Yes. Um, the Tierney Alumni House, which I think is what this, there's a Wayne State sign in front of it now that says Tierney Alumni House. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, so the building's used for alumni events. Probably not now, but when the world's not closed. It's interesting, too, because the house also holds an art collection of works by Detroit artists from the 60s through the 80s. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. But it's so that's, not open to the public, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, maybe you can. I'm like, I was thinking, I was talking about my with my friend who went to Wayne State, the same one who gave me the French pronunciation. Mm-hmm. My friend Claire, I guess I could give her her name. And I was like, have you ever been in there? And she's like, no. I'm like... Me neither. I wonder if my Wayne State University ID that I have for my one semester of grad school would get me in. I'm an alumni. Like, I'm an alumni. <laughs> I passed one class. Let me in. <laughs> Do not have a degree. I have three credits, though. <laughs> I have three credits. Thank you. I am the <laughs> backbone of this institution. I'm sure that would work. Yes. Yeah. I'll make sure to put on my finest, like, can I speak to the manager wig mm-hmm. and, like, Long cardigan. Yeah. Like, as much can I speak to the manager vibes will work. Always works. I would never do that. I would never want to be a can I speak to the manager person. I never want that to be a reputation. No, I have too much anxiety (laughs) to do that. I I don't want to speak to another extra person. Like, I'll just accept my fate of whatever's happened. Uh, Unless, I mean, like, unless it's something... That would help Drastic. other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Where it's like, I'd be a dick not to say something. But, yeah. Right. I just, like, never want to get the reputation of being unpleasant to deal with. I just, like, I, there's no point in being unpleasant. You know? It's no. not going to, like, make them want to help you more. No. 
But the sources before I forget, historicdetroit.org, which I put a little note, like, if you've never been to this site, it's kind of a great site if you are interested in, like, Detroit history. And they usually have, like, a lot of great images. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly buildings. It's mostly buildings. I think they have some famous people, too, but, like, mostly just about, like, architecture in Detroit. So, Mm -hmm. just a great site. Just wanted to give them a little shout out. Yeah. The Wayne State University website and, of course, Wikipedia. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. I think I haven't done a building breakdown in a minute, so I was like, I want to do one. I like it when you do the buildings, because I know you're, like, you know what I mean? Like, you genuinely like architecture. I like hearing about it. It's not something, like, I ever seek out, but I do enjoy. You know what I mean? And so I, I, I like it, too. And... I have seen that building a million times. Right. I'm not gonna lie, I did peek and like look it up while you were talking too, just to like visualize yeah, like, it. Yeah, it like it just it looks like a castle. Yeah, and like it was designed or a chateau, which I think it, is that French for castle or is it just like is it like a specific French type of building? Now I'm questioning it. I would have thought it yeah. was French for castle, but now I'm not like sure. I'm wondering if it's its own specific thing, but. Oh, yeah. It's Castle. It's definitely Castle. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But thank you for that story. Thanks no for talking problem. about this chateau. Yeah. But I think you two have truths and a lie earned time. yourself a two truths and a lie. Yes. Yes. Ooh, a prop. We love a prop. I'm doing really good here. At least your technology is not rebelling. Oh, is it candy cane? It's about candy canes. (laughs) I love a candy cane. I do too. They're they're such a delicious, fun little treat. And I for it's interesting because I feel like they get overlooked a lot. Yeah. So are you ready? Yes. Fact number one. Yes. Even though they are made mostly from sugar, they only contain fifty calories with no fat or cholesterol. Okay. Fact number two. They haven't always been striped. Originally, they were all red. Okay. Fact number three. They've been around six, since about 1670, and a German immigrant brought them to the U.S. in 1847. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to guess that number two is the lie. Yep, you're right. Is it? Yeah. Uh, what, what made you think that? It just seems weird for them to have been all red. Like, I feel like if they were going to be all one color, it would have been just white. Damn it. Because, like, dyes. See, I think, it make, I think it's weird that they were all white. It's because, like, sugar is white. Who wants just, like, a white cane? It was the 1600s. They were just trying to live. Like, they don't got time for the drama, trauma, and flama of dyes. I'm very bad at writing lies. <laughs> You're just too honest a person. I was hoping the calories one would throw you off, because that one threw me off. I thought it'd be, like, at least 100 calories. Well, but it's, I feel like when it's, like, literally just sugar. I don't know, because, like, yeah, I don't know. Look at this thing. This should be 100 calories. I'm not going to complain that it's less, though. No, me either. Yeah. To bridge off that a little bit. So, they actually got their shape, though, because they were not originally a cane. When the choir master at the Cologne Cathedral in Germany had the bright idea of twisting them into a shepherd hook, and he then handed them out to children to keep them quiet. I think during nice. church. Probably, yeah. We did that with my sister. So they were brought uh, to the U.S. by a German immigrant, and the first mention of them was in 1847 when August Imgard, or I could say that like a human, August Imgard of Rooster, Ohio, decked out his house with them. Okay. And people are like, ooh, ooh, what's that? I like it. And more than a billion are made each year. Yes. And the world's largest was built by a chef in Illinois in 2012. And it was 51 feet and 900 pounds of sugar. That is a big-ass candy cane. It's a big-ass candy cane. It really is. And it was only 30 calories. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, of course, all this came from mental floss. We love a mental floss article, listicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do have a question for you. Yeah. How do you eat your candy cane? Because actually one of the facts was how people, it's like, I don't know, like 44% of people are crunchers or something. I, I didn't write it down because I was like, and eh, this seems like a lofty 
thing like i don't know how accurate it could be but how do you eat your yeah. candy cane what's your what's your style like what end do you see i feel like i'll do it one of two ways if i'm gonna just like sit there and lick on it i feel like i'll do the long end first mm-hmm. like the bottom like you're doing right now mm-hmm. yeah and then you get to the point and then you poke your finger and it hurts and then you're like oh why did i do that and then you go back yeah yes <laughs> Definitely like that. Or what I'll do is I'll just break off chunks and like just suck on those. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like having something hang out of my mouth. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not like, especially if I'm at like work or something. Like I kind of like the mini ones for that. The, the I little, do like the mini ones too. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little softer though, which is really weird. The, the miniature yeah. ones for some reason. But I do like the mini ones. Or honestly, sometimes I, yes, I will break it on purpose into chunks. I'll start like this and then eventually I'll be like, mm, yeah, I can't anymore. This isn't worth it. Like I'll usually like bite the, bite the tip off that I've created mm-hmm. and just start breaking pieces off. Also, I don't think I usually eat like the whole candy cane in one sitting. Yeah. I don't eat. I it's don't too much. often just sit there and eat a candy cane. I usually like, I like to put like them in like hot chocolate mm-hmm. or I made a French silk pie recently and I crushed some up for on the top. Yeah, it's a great stir stick. Actually, the only reason I have them is to crush them up for some um, holiday treats. Ooh. Yeah. We love a holiday treat. Now I have to make them. Yes. Oh, I know. I just did, too. I got stuff to make hot cocoa bombs, and I'm very excited to try. Ooh, yum. But I think that pretty much wraps us, right? Wrapped up like a candy cane. (laughs) I'm just going to keep making the same joke, but in a reference to a different thing every week perfect that's our new thing that's our new thing Mm -hmm. but if you want to follow us on our social medias you can find us at detroit strange on instagram and twitter detroit strange on facebook and our email address detroit strange at gmail.com and you know do all the things that all shows want you to do uh if you could recommend us to a friend subscribe rate review that would be fantastic and lovely we've also got a patreon and a threadless shop both of them yeah you can just find us by looking up detroit strange but until next that, time. Until next time. Yeah. Stay, Stay strange. And sleuthy. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence. Mm-hmm.